Hi everyone, you're here with Bloater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here as always with my co-host, Liza and Casey. Hello everyone. And today we have the pleasure of virtually recording with Alyssa Atkins. She is the founder and CEO of Lilia. So thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, hello. Awesome. So tell us first, what is Lilia? Lilia is an egg freezing concierge. So we're one place for women who don't want kids now to access everything they need along their fertility planning journey. Um, so you know, you know, our goal is really to give, yeah, women, you know, the same career, family, lifestyle options as men through the idea of reproductive equity. Very cool. I love that. Thanks. And what kind of made you come up with this idea? So Lilia was really the response to my own problem. So the, the history here is I was in this 10-year-long relationship with my high school sweetheart that came to an end when I was 27. And my stepmom had gone through early menopause when she was 36. Something I didn't even know could happen. So these were the two kind of things that put, I guess, fertility on my radar. Um, but the real tipping point for me was actually I was in a new relationship with someone younger than me, and we were not aligned on our timeline to have kids. <laughs> and so I started doing the dating math that so many women do, and I was like, okay, you know, if he's not the one, then and I need to have kids before I'm 35 was this number I knew. Uh, you know, well, we need to break up now. Because I need to meet someone yesterday because I need to, you know, date for a year, be in love for two years. You know, we need to be aligned on timelines uh, for kids. And so, you know, it was just this dating math that felt ridiculous. And, you know, he wasn't doing this. <laughs> like, it didn't, and so it didn't seem right that, you know, I had to plan my life around this reproductive timeline and he didn't. And so um, that had me set out to try and find information about what are my options, you know? And, um, I spent hours on the internet and just couldn't find anything. Like there was nothing out there. The literature was scattered and it took forever to get an appointment with my doctor. Um, you know, and I've heard horror stories from other women who have gone to see their doctors and they're, you know, want to explore their fertility options and maybe freeze their eggs. And their doctors tell them, you know, like you're, you're better off just going and finding a husband and having a baby now. Like what? <laughs> so, you know, it was, I got to the point where I was like, okay, am I going to break up with this guy or freeze my eggs? <laughs> And so, um, so at the end of last year, I, I secured my eggs. I've been calling it because that's how it feels. Um, and uh, at 29, and I just felt like, this power. You know, I felt free and I felt uh, like I had all of these options and it lifted this pressure on my relationship. And so because of this, I wanted to celebrate. This was one of the most important things I'd ever done for myself. And so I threw the world's first egg freezing celebration, invited all my friends and, um, and, you know, Lilia kind of evolved from this really as a place for women to explore their options in a trustworthy, low commitment, you know, non-intimidating way and experience these seamless transitions in their journey as their needs changed, as mine did, from information to action to emotional support. And so, you know, what I kind of saw was, I think this is the future. I think this is the new normal. Um, I think, you know, egg securing is probably something we'll, women will do upon graduation. There'll be this symbolic moment of entering womanhood. We'll celebrate it with a big party and women will be able to go and do whatever the hell they want. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's how we got here. I love that. I love your vision <laughs> for the future. I 100% agree. Mm. And I think I also like your comment about the literature being scattered. Uh, I've researched it before egg freezing and it's a mess online. It's yeah. very confusing and you read just a couple terrifying things about where the needles go right. and you're like, I'm done. <laughs> right. And people, there's so many misconceptions about what's involved and that's just it, right? Like I 
consider myself a smart person and I wanted to see the data, you know, show me the medical journals. That's what I wanted to rely on. And what I found were Huffington Post opinion articles and, Mm -hmm. you know, some person who it didn't work for, who tried, you know, five years ago and started when they were 40. And I just, it was so hard to access women who were in my same position who had done it and, and the real science behind it. Yeah. I 100% agree. And is that what Lilia provides people is kind of the access to those medical journals and things like that? Yeah. So, you know, we really focus on um, providing research and guidance and making it easy for women to explore their options and decide whether egg freezing is, is right for them or not. And then we support those who, who move forward. Um, when we started, you know, I'm solving my own problem, but I wanted to see, do other women have this problem too, or is it just me? And so I did hundreds of calls with women. And what I realized was many people have been thinking about this for years, but they're stopped by, like we said, this scattered literature or cumbersome system that just bounces people right out. And so, um, you know, with Lilia, instead of spending hours on the phone with clinics or insurance providers or, you know, Googling, we book you into a vetted clinic fast. We save you 10% on the cost. We lay out the pricing for you based on your insurance and if you have benefits, and we're like your trusted point person along the way. We've done the research, so we surface all of the medical journals we can find and really help women explore and take action in this space um, where they're in control. You know, they have all of the information and whatever they decide is cool, but you're making a decision with all the data. I love that. <clears throat> and. And the there's a lot of people that have personal pain points and that don't necessarily turn them into a business. What do you think that was there like something innate inside you? Was there some some sort of life experience that you were able to draw on? What was the kind of divisive line between this is a problem that I have and I'm going to turn this into a company? Mm. I mean, so I had had a background in entrepreneurship a bit. I had done a college pro window cleaning company when I was in university and I'd worked at early stage startups, um, top, like top hat and care guide. I was the sixth person to join. So I had that fire in my belly. I had done next Canada. And so I knew that's something I wanted to do. That said, you know, Lilia, it really pulled me. It didn't feel like a decision. Um, it started out with me having this problem wanting to get information about my body and options And then the stars just started to align. You know, I realized when I started doing market research, this was a huge market growing really fast. This segment of the market, women like me, were grossly underserved. Um, I realized I'm kind of the right person to do this. You know, it's, it's solving my own problem. I can, you know, wave the flag and say, hey, we've thought about this all wrong. And there's actually more options than we think. Um, I had a background in growth and marketing, which was going to be really helpful. And um, people started wanting to, to, you know, to have me help solve their problem. And people started asking if they could invest. And so it, it, it didn't feel like there was a moment. It all just really pulled me. And I was like, okay, I just, I have to do this. It's like, I don't even have a choice. Like this is begging to be a company. And because it's in the healthcare industry, have you faced any barriers um, entering it? You know, I think we've just been very, very careful and cautious that everything we're doing is user first, protects people's privacy, um, and you can't really be as fast and slinging, I think, in this this space. You really have to tread carefully. So that's something that we've done. Um, 
And I'd say the barriers are mostly just old ways of thinking. You know, there are a lot of doctors who are super excited about making sure women have um, knowledge of all of their options. There are some ways of thinking in this space where the idea is like, look, if you haven't found a partner by 35, come back and we'll freeze your eggs. And sometimes I hear that from women. They're like, well, I don't know if I need to do this because I'm going to meet somebody. And my response to that is, girl, you're amazing. You're going to meet somebody. And when you do, you know, this will be an option you have, whether you want to use these eggs uh, with that partner or things don't work out or you want them for baby two and three. And so I think like what we're up against is just um, a kind of a dated way of thinking about women's health and reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like a, a matter of like personal freedom to me. So it's mm-hmm. crazy that there's any sort of backlash towards it. But but overall, a, a lot of women that I've talked to have many, many issues with uh, the current uh, health uh, system for them. So what would you say that, that, that can be done if, uh, to, to change it, to make the healthcare system uh, more better for women? Mm. Two things I'd say, access to information and proactivity. So like I, like I described here, it was so hard for me to access the data and the science. And when I learned there was this fertility hormone test I could take to understand is where's my, where's my body at? What are my egg levels? What's my ovarian reserve, it's called? Um, it was so hard to get this done. It took me three in-person appointments and three months just to get this one hormone read. I started Lilia and funded it in that time. <laughs> you know, like it's really <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and another thing is, I think our system is really reactive. It's like, come if you have a problem. Um, otherwise, you know, don't worry about it. You'll probably be fine. And for the most ambitious generation with the most access to data at our fingertips, this is just not something that we're willing, that's uh, not tenable to us. You know, we want proactive data and information to inform our decisions. And so I think these two things would make a really big difference. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with the proactive, especially for our generation. Like we're always researching how we can stay healthier mm-hmm. or improve our health overall. And um, being proactive, even down to this for your egg security is just another way that we would want to do that. Yeah. And you mentioned that you had a bit of an entrepreneur background before. Can you go more into that and how that kind of fueled what you created today? What did you make before? Yeah. Uh, So I guess my foray into entrepreneurship was in university with with this window cleaning company I had. And I started in my second year of university running this window cleaning company. And we would wake up at 6 a.m. I'd meet my crew at, you know, 6.30 we drive an hour out uh, with these 32-foot ladders on my dinky little car and to where, wherever the big houses were. And we'd go and we'd clean windows all day. And so I'd be running up and down these ladders with my flip-flops and um, scrubbing houses. And when we were done the day around you know, 5, 6 o'clock, we would then go knocking on doors in the neighborhood to sell more window cleaning for the next day until our, our days and weeks were filled with jobs. And, you know, I think this kind of speaks, I guess, the kind of founder I am. We, I learned that if we ran in between houses instead of walking, we could do twice as many leads in a night, you know? And so, like, these are the kinds of things we did. And I'd drive home, you know, sunburnt and sweaty and call and follow up with anybody who we'd done quotes for the previous days who hadn't closed. And 
I just realized this, I loved it before I knew it was called entrepreneurship. I loved running a team and trying to, to hit impossible goals and um, being kind of the master of my own destiny. And I did that for a few years. And then I went to the next 36, it was called at the time. And so they bring together these groups of entrepreneurs and, and teach you how to start a technology company by doing. Uh, most of those companies fail. Some of them succeed. <laughs> um, mine failed. And, uh, but that's where I kind of, um, you know, tasted what a technology company could do. And, um, and then I was at early at Top Hat and Care Guide, I would say, was the next uh, startup I, I was a part of where I joined as the sixth person, the very first marketing hire, and learned how to discover traction channels from the very beginning, you know, when we didn't really have any. And, um, and that really led me to Lilia. Wow, that's cool. That's yeah. a very different uh, start in uh, like the business <laughs> type from where you ended up. So it's really cool. Yeah, so actually you- in university. So I had started in criminology. I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and then two years in, so halfway through my degree, after I started that window cleaning company, I switched to business because I was just like, this is my path. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, and yeah, so um, you you have kind of a, a background in marketing as well. So can you tell me a little bit what the persona is for Lilia? What is, who's the target customer and how do you go out and actually like a- acquire them? Mm. Yeah, so Lilia is for really any woman who wants information about her body and her options, mostly for women who aren't looking to have kids right now. Um, What I'm learning about our users, again, I talk to almost everybody who comes through. Um, What I'm learning about them right now, a lot of them are founders themselves or just starting companies. Um, They're CEOs, they're lawyers, they're consultants. Um, Some of them are teachers and creatives. Um, But they're the type of people who are typically planners. Um, and you know, we have people from all kinds of different relationship backgrounds, people who are in relationships, um, people who are single recently in new relationships or recently, uh, have left them people who are married. And so, um, I'd say at the core of it are just people, it's women who want to know their options and, uh, and understand their bodies. And then in terms of how people come through, um, you know, we've been, I think this is where founder market fit ends up playing a really important role is just through my kind of, you know, chatting, t- chatting about this on social and in pockets like this, uh, really helps increase awareness what we're doing and people largely find Lilia through that. Um, but when people think about their fertility and egg securing, they mostly turn to Google and their friends. And so we're seeing a lot of folks come through word of mouth and then just finding us on Google. Very cool. And in terms of uh, sourcing investors for this type of company, did you find it challenging to find investors due to the space? Like you're new, you're disrupting um, how a process has been done for a long time, or was it um, a lot easier to attract investors because of that? (laughs) You know, yeah, I think Lily has been really lucky where we've had a lot of inbound interest. And, um, you know, our, our first round came together in just a few weeks, was mostly inbound, was oversubscribed. And the most recent round we raised coming out of Y Combinator, you know, it was largely inbound as well um, from people who had, had known us and seen us. And um, I think we're really lucky that we have a group of investors who shares this vision and who sees the future that I've described here, where women are in control of their timelines and celebrated 
for making these decisions for themselves. And, um, you know, we have some really wicked smart investors, people who are most renowned in, in Canada and Silicon Valley. And uh, something I've learned is just how important it is who you bring into your garden. We've had mm-hmm. investors who have driven sales, um, you know, help strategically, help build product, uh, who really roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty. So, um, you know, we've, we've been really blessed or, or fortunate, I guess, to have our pick of who we want on the team. That's really great. Cool. And where do you kind of see uh, Lilia heading in the future? Like what, what, what kind of uh, health and support services uh, do you want it to, to do for women kind of like in the next five to 10 years? Mm-hmm. Our ambitions are to be the defining women's health company of our generation. And so I see us starting by helping women explore what their options are and, um, and doing that sooner. You know, in fact, we had our first 24-year-old who's freezing her eggs, thanks to Lilia, and already planning her party. And so I think we have a lot of work to do in this space. Uh, I could also see us then helping, you know, women who are considering IVF or uh, starting to think about getting pregnant. But it, it's, really, it's really about your life, like helping women plan and own their lives. And fertility is one part of that. So that's kind of how I think about it. And I think we could, you know, galvanize a generation of women to secure their eggs and reach reproductive equality. Uh, That's what my eyes are on. I love that. That's really exciting. And it's great to um, hear that so many investors uh, support that and that you have um, really engaged investors in this. How did you go about um, choosing your investor to make sure they would be that engaged? Yeah, I... I was hell-bent on making sure it was people who believed in this vision. And so I'd ask them you know, what their perspectives are on it. Um, I wanted people who had been operators before. you know, So folks like Michelle Romano and we have a bunch of the Shopify angels, people who had been operators that I could call when you know, things were going awry or when we needed help strategically and they knew what it's like to be in the trenches. And I looked to... You know, in terms of our VCs, like, did they have female members of the team? Um, had they invested in other companies like ours in the women's health space? And um, what I wasn't going to have was like a, a, an eventual board of all white dudes deciding the future of this company. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was really important. You know, in our first round, we had an equal split of men and women uh, in, in terms of our angel investors. And um, that was just something that was important from the beginning. It's really baked into the DNA of our company. And um, for congrats first on getting into Y Combinator and being part of that experience. Mm -hmm. How did that impact your company and do you recommend it to Mm. other tech startups? Yeah. So (laughs) my Y Combinator experience was, I think, very different than anybody before or to come. We were the Corona badge. Um, (laughs) And... Yeah, there, Y Combinator was really valuable to me in, in a few ways. You know, I had it was actually not my plan to do YC. Um, Heather Payne, who's a great friend and investor in Lilia, had just gone through and encouraged me to apply. And uh, the partner, Eric Mikigovsky, was ostensibly doing office hours in Waterloo. And so went to, you know, kind of get his advice and encouraged me to apply as well. And so what, what ended up happening was um, it did a few things. I would say one, why Combinant is the reason I've talked to hundreds of women about um, their lives and what parts of exploring this space has been hard for them. And as a result, it's led to us deeply understanding the problem we're solving. And so we've built a product that people really love as a result. And um, 
by just launching fast, talking to customers and iterating, we've moved way faster than we would have otherwise. So that's one benefit. Two, I would say it really forced clarity of thought. You have some of the smartest people ripping your business apart every week. And so I had to get really good at communicating our progress and what we were doing. And so I'd say it made us stronger, more focused. Um, the peers, you know, the, the friends I made, it's just an unmatched network. And the, but the most important impact from YC, I'd say, is it made us more ambitious. Um, you know, we're not just some cute Canadian fertility hormone testing company anymore. You know, like I said, I think we could galvanize an entire generation of women to reach reproductive equality and liberation. And that's not something I necessarily had my heart set on at the very beginning. Y Combinator really pushed us to think huge. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really amazing. Um, so to, for my last question, um, can you tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page? I love to rap. <laughs> like the dirtier the rap, the better. Oh yeah, like it. I love hip hop. I like. <laughs> I'll, I'll just like you know play Cardi B or Nicki Minaj on repeat, learning the songs. I'll look up the lyrics. Like I feel like such a badass when I'm whatever. <laughs> So you're definitely someone to bring out on a karaoke. Oh, God. Actually, something else I would share that could be helpful for your um, your listeners in, in terms of, you know, feeling powerful. Something I did was create an alter ego for myself. Um, her name is Elise. And so it's like Khaleesi and Alyssa. And she is like the woman I want to be, you know. So she is you know, super – she's super powerful. She's smart. She's ambitious. She's, you know, all these things. And so when I'm feeling – down on myself or you know like I'm not capable of things I just become Elise it's like she she moves fast you know she's ambitious she gets shit done I love that it's like looking up to like your future self or somewhere that you aspire to be so that's really good Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview with us. I absolutely love your company and what your ambitions are for it. And yeah, we're really happy to get to interview you. Oh, thank you. This is so fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people in our city. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>